We're back with another edition of our Preps Podcast. This is Kyle Nedenrip of the Indy Star, joined by Logan Hunt of the Mick Network. And uh, Logan, we're going to be talking some basketball today. We haven't done this in a while, so so uh, good to be back with you and uh, talking some hoops. And wanted to start off uh, talking about the city championship, which just happened on Monday night. City tournament always follows the county tournament. And actually, you know, there, there, they had a moment of silence uh, before the game. Uh, for Kobe Bryant, just a stunning uh, news on Sunday. Uh, one of those moments where you know you kind of always remember where you first heard it and uh, and that sort of thing. And you know, I Logan, you're a different generation than mm-hmm. me. I, I grew up with you know Magic Johnson was my hero as a little kid, and then you know sort of begrudgingly once uh, Michael Jordan beat Magic in the '91 uh, NBA Finals, I, I kind of turned over and and, uh, and really enjoyed it. MJ was kind of my guy then from then from that point forward but uh, Kobe was he was my age basically I'm 42 he's 41 and had a had a 13 year old uh, daughter you know I have a 13 year old son so that part of it kind of hits home but I know you're a little bit younger was was Kobe kind of your guy you looked up to growing up I mean he, he was a very prominent figure in the NBA I mean he was he was kind of the face of the NBA for sure. Uh, and kind of in the early 2000s to the mid 2000s and on. I mean, he he was he was the guy that took over after Michael Jordan left. Uh, I never really got to experience Michael Jordan in real time, but I got to experience Kobe Bryant. And uh, yeah, he he was he was the man. He was the guy that uh, when you were playing it out in the street or playing in your driveway, you know, you were yelling Kobe even then, yep. trying to yep. hit some crazy shot or or dunking and and doing 360s. I mean, Kobe Bryant was the epitome of basketball. Uh, in my childhood, yeah, and I know my my own kids. You know, they'll do that. Kobe, you know, <laughs> when they shoot, and uh, I was always I covered a lot of kids who, you know, Kobe was their hero. Trey Lyles came to mind right away when I thought about, uh, you know, kids who really admired Kobe Bryant. I remember him. You know, his room was covered in, in Kobe <laughs> stuff, and he always that was his hero. That whole group uh, of kids for several years, and a lot of guys who are in the NBA now, you know, that was their hero uh, growing up, and it it didn't, you know, it wasn't necessarily. That that way for me but I felt you know for all those kids who that was that would have been like my Michael Jordan for for yeah. for me um you know so it, it just hits home it's a, it's not a you know not something we go into too much detail or anything here but just wanted to touch on that because it's in the basketball community uh, such a sad day and and uh, and you just feel for his family and uh, saw that relationship with him and his daughter uh, kind of they were on TV I think it was Christmas Day on uh, on TV and it was just it was just really hard and, and uh, really sent a lot of uh, shock waves and ripples through the basketball community absolutely it did it, it definitely hit home for a lot of people and I, you know, you you never want someone to go out so young either. He made only forty one, and that was someone's father, that was someone's husband, and and not only that, I mean, he was he was a legend as well for for many people. Absolutely, and then you know to talk about it, just didn't even mean to really talk about that, but but uh, <laughs> with the city tournament last night, I uh, had a moment of silence, and then. The game was just absolutely incredible. I wrote a little bit more about it. Uh, you know, I had the game got over at ten o two. My deadline was ten forty. <laughs> so, so to write about the uh, the, the game, uh, I couldn't really. You know, I kind of touched on some of the highlights and stuff like that. But then came back today, and uh, if you want to check it out on indiestar.com, kind of wrote a, a lot more about kind of what happened, put it in some perspective, I think, a little bit. Uh, but Attics wins 94-91 over Cathedral, uh, double overtime in the uh, city championship last night at Tech. 
the first city championship for Addicts since 1961-62. And back then, they used to play the city right after uh, uh, Christmas. It was between uh, Christmas and New Year's. So it was actually the last week of 61, but the 62 uh, season. So 58 years it had been, uh, 58 years in about two weeks uh, uh, since Addicts had won the city championship. Uh, so congratulations to them. But just a, just a great game. A cathedral team that had won three in a row, but you figured this game would be closer. They beat Addicts by 30 last year in the championship, but that team had Armand Franklin <laughs> and uh, just just was an excellent, excellent team. And this team is too, but it's a lot younger cathedral team this year. And uh, Addicts was able to get it done without Sincere McMahon, who fouled out uh, with six minutes left in that game, and they're down by six. And, and you really thought, you know, good effort, but it's probably not going to happen. And uh, they come out, Jalen Carson had 28 points, uh, 14 or 12 rebounds, something in that range, hit his first three of the year uh, with a minute left in regulation <laughs> to tie the game. And uh, that really got the, the Addicts crowd up and going. But uh, one of those nights that, you know, there's so many games that cover you know, hundreds of games and, and you don't remember all the details, but that was one uh, you kind of always will remember uh, just because it was such a wild game and uh, so many things happened. And then kind of the historical aspect also with Addicts' first city in uh, 58 years. Absolutely. This is one uh, one of the, the nominees maybe for, for game of the year so far. I mean, and we're talking about the whole calendar year, not just 2020. But, mm-hmm, yeah. but this is, I mean, when you go to overtime, championship for the city, Addicts pointed out with their best player on the bench. I mean, that, that that's a big gut check, and that's what we talk about a lot of times, is that you, you got to have more than one guy. You have to play as a team, and someone has to be willing to step up, and we saw that with Addicts coming through. And, I mean, you don't want to take anything away from Cathedral. These, these two teams were were really strong teams coming into this one. We know, uh, obviously, it stinks that you have to have a loser in a game like that, but still, uh, the, the the history behind the city tournament and then some of the great teams that have come through and the great talents that have come through to put your name on it is uh, something special. And I went back and looked. Attic's first city championship was 1954-55 season. They had a junior by the name of Oscar Robertson on that, on that team, and they actually won that game in double overtime against Shortridge. Uh-huh. So it kind of brings everything full circle. Back then, the second overtime was sudden death. Uh-huh. And uh, Oscar Robertson didn't normally jump center. He jumped uh, for the double overtime, won the jump, got the ball, held it for about 30 seconds, and then took a few dribbles, cleared everybody out, took a few dribbles, drained the last second shot, or not the sudden death shot, and uh, that was that. Uh, 10,000 people at the Hinkle Fieldhouse, <laughs> and uh, Addicts won their first city on their way uh, to winning their first state championship uh, that season. So so it kind of brings things, it's always fun with uh, you know the historical aspect of stuff like that uh, to kind of bring it full circle. Addicts has obviously a lot of tradition, the city has a lot of tradition, and uh, that just kind of adds a little bit to uh, what happened last night. You're telling me that they changed the rules on a sudden death overtime and we're still alive and chugging along? <laughs> I'm looking at you, NFL. But no, no, that's awesome. I mean, that that, that is cool how it comes full circle like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm kind of sad, too, the, uh, the city, as we go through the week, and I cover a lot of the games in the city and the county the previous week, you know, the county generally, you have the same teams. The city has had so much... Uh, change, you know, and, and you used to see the Broad Ripple team and, and Northwest and Arlington, and, and you know now Howe's going away next year. We don't know the the uh, exactly what's going to happen with Manuel. So a lot of these traditions, 
you know, you just don't see these teams anymore. It's it's sad you don't because uh, they added a lot, uh, you know, to the to the uh, fabric of, of city basketball, and you know, and Cathedral and Attics are two that have done it for years. And, and uh, you, you wish those other schools were still around because they were an important part uh, of what happened in the city. But uh, so it's changing, and that part of it's sad. But uh, but really, I think a, a banner game uh, last night for the city to to kind of get people excited. Uh, about city basketball, great crowd out there last night, both both sides, and uh, and just a, a fitting uh, into that city tournament last night. You're right. Sometimes uh, city basketball draws a short stick, and then people say, you know, that that's not where the best basketball is being played. But when you have teams like that to come up there and and play at that level, and and we've known that. You know, Attics and Cathedral can play some ball. I mean, mm-hmm. if you if you didn't know that, you haven't been watching high school basketball for the last five years or so. I mean, that these guys have some guys that can come out and play at the next level and uh, really well coached. So it was it was indeed a banner game for for the city. And I think you know that kind of delves into our next topic. I also wanted to touch on uh, Shatard. It was kind of a, a week where I got to see them up close for a couple times. I knew uh, Taylor Weyer, their coach, uh, first year coach, actually covered his games back when he was playing uh, 10 years ago. The last time Chittard made the city semifinals, uh, ironically. And uh, that team is, is I'll tell you, they're, they're 3A, uh, but they went toe-to-toe with Cathedral. Uh, they were down by 17, came back in the fourth quarter, cut it to six, and they were right in right in the battle there. And uh, that's a team to kind of keep an eye on. Idris Redmond, uh, their senior guard, is, is a player who really, I thought, stepped up in the city tournament, played really well. He's been a guy who's been around for, for quite a while now. Uh, but but that team, I think, is starting to turn the corner. And in their sectional with, with teams like Garen, uh, will be interesting to see how they uh, – fair here in about a month or so absolutely that's a team that's kind of been on the come up and i've done it really well on the defensive end and get a good coach in there it said it's amazing what a coach can do for a program when you get the right person in there uh who can motivate the guys and, and get the x's and o's right yeah and they're playing a lot of guys a lot of energy uh good defensive team but i uh, also wanted to throw them in there because i thought they they kind of showed out in the uh, in the city and i thought had a good a good showing and maybe a team that people didn't know much about uh going into the tournament but uh, good good showing for chitard i think bright things uh, in the future for that team the near future uh, the rest of this season but I uh, wanted to talk about those two teams in the city uh, championship. Attics and Cathedral are in uh, sectional ten, and you know that's a that's going to be a monster. Uh, Logan, you've seen uh, Lawrence North, Lawrence Central this year. Obviously, we've seen them play each other twice. Lawrence mm-hmm. North came out on top both times. Uh, the Wildcats just took their first loss last weekend to North Central. There's always kind of that. Marion County Championship hangover where you play four games and and, uh, Lawrence North had played six games in nine days and they had a little bit of time off not not saying uh, you know what North Central did wasn't real Mm because it was and they're a team on the rise as well but what what's your takeaways from from having seen Lawrence North and Lawrence Central are these the two best teams uh, pretty clearly in the area, maybe the state to you, or, or how do you how do you see that right now? No, absolutely, I, I believe they are, and 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 not just looking at their win loss record, and you know the fact that uh, Lawrence Central's really they've only lost to Lawrence North, and Lawrence North, like you said, had that minor setback there against North Central, but as the fact is just who's playing for them and, and the coaches that are behind them as well. You, we're talking about Coach Kiefer here. I mean, we're talking about a man with over eight hundred wins. Uh, commanded an offense with Tony Perkins, Shamari Vance, and DJ Hughes. I mean, all those guys are phenomenal players. Tony Perkins has taken that next step this year that Lawrence North needed him to take and wanted him to take and expected him to take. Uh, he started 
hitting some outside shots, which has really expanded his offense and has forced the defense to come out to him. It's opened up some driving lanes, and he's shown the ability to hit the big shots as well. When it, when it's come down to it, down the stretch against Lawrence Central and some of the best games that you've seen are against Warren Central when uh, Warren Central took him mm-hmm. all the way to the end on a Friday night. Uh, Tony Perkins was the man stepping up, hitting shots. I mean, hitting shots at the end of the second quarter, third quarter. With the last two minutes to go, you know who has the ball. You know who's going to hit the shot, and it's, and it's him. He's He's been uh, one of the best players and kind of a dark horse I, and for me, for Mr. Basketball as mm-hmm. well. Really yep. has kind of come up and, and broken through uh, what we thought was, was going to be maybe uh, a two-man race uh, in Central Indiana, at least, with, with Dre Davis and Nigel Pack from Lawrence Central. And that's why the Bears are so good as well. You have those two guys, and you have Tay Davis, the younger brother of Dre Davis, who's really progressed well. Uh, that whole team is starting to figure out how to play as a team. It's not just give the ball to Nigel, give the ball to Dre, and get out of the way. They're passing it around. They're working inside out, uh, and they're they're getting it done on the defensive end as well. So those are, those are the two best teams that I've seen. Obviously, there's some teams that have come up and down and, and pulled some big victories, but I think those two are, are, are by far the best. Yeah, I think consistently from a consistent standpoint, you mentioned the Warren Central game. Uh, Lawrence North, it took overtime to win that game, and I thought Warren played great. I mean, really, the first half, they really dominated. Uh, but when you're Lawrence North and you're number one, you take a lot of a lot of people's best shots, and, and so far, other than that North Central game, they've been able to handle that uh, target pretty well. And, and I, you know, I, I, I do think, you know, there's been some games along the way, you know, you kind of look at it now, and it's like, well, they're 15-1, they're steamrolling everybody, but they've had some tough games. You know, Jeffersonville was close. The the Lawrence Central game in the county championship was right down to the wire. Um, you know, the the first time they played Warren, Warren back in January, early January, was, I, we mentioned in overtime. Addicts played them tough for a lot of that game as well. Uh, so they've had some tough games. Uh, the Brownsburg game was close until the fourth quarter, and they kind of pulled away in that one. So uh, they've had some tough games. I think they've they've answered the <clears throat> the bell for the most part. I'm curious to see how they uh, kind of you know play here this next month or so after the loss to North Central. Maybe that kind of gets them regrouped a little bit. Uh, a tough game with Carmel coming up it will be uh, next week. Uh, next week against Carmel at Carmel, uh, so that'll be a tough one. But you know, I, I think LC watching them after that uh, the county game. Uh, they were really disappointed. I, I think they they felt like they kind of got you know they maybe weren't ready for how physical Lawrence North was going to be that first mm-hmm. game and how much energy they would play with. I think that next game in the county they were ready and they still didn't beat them. And I think we're really disappointed they didn't get that that win. So I think it's it's maybe you know it's it's going to show what kind of resolve Lawrence Central has if we see see those teams play again. Uh, they know what they're up against. Lawrence North I think just has maybe maybe a little bit more weapons I would say in the way Perkins has been playing like you mentioned uh he's just been he's been an all-star so far so I think that's going to be you know that's the game I think everybody wants to see can they beat him a third time or will LC win the one that really matters in the sectional and I think it'd be a tremendous event to see him and I know a lot of people saying you know I wish they wouldn't have to play in the sectional but that's kind of just the way it is yeah that that is just the way it is and it's tough beating a team three times I mean that that's real tough and not only beating the team three times, but your crosstown rival three times. But there's a little bit added emotion there. You've grown up with these kids, and and uh, you know you know the guy that you're playing against. You've known him since you were young. So uh, there's gonna there is gonna be a little at, added incentive there. And if the draw works out to where they're facing each other first round or in the sectional championship, uh, I think it's gonna be a highly attended game. I think I think there's gonna be a lot riding on that because uh, these two teams 
have kind of separated themselves from the pack. You have some teams that are, uh, you know, you know, on, on the rise uh, in the Central Indiana, but like you said, it's the consistency that matters between these two teams. And for Lawrence Central, your only two losses coming to Lawrence North, there's there's definitely going to be something in the back of your mind that says we're going to get over the hump this time. And and uh, Lawrence Central has plenty of weapons. It's just a matter of getting them fired at the right time because it seems like whenever Lawrence North and Lawrence Central plays. The defense gets a little stronger. The hands get a little more physical. Uh, guys start hitting shots that you know wasn't in the scattering report. But that's what it's about. <clears throat> it is that, that that makes it fun to see who's going to step up in those moments. And you know, it's not like Davis and Pack played you know poorly against Lawrence North at all. You know, I, in my opinion, they played fine. It was just we need one more guy to make a shot here or there. Or even Nigel had a couple late that, that normally he makes and, and didn't. So sometimes it's just that. You know, it's just maybe you're that close, and, and, and that game was that close in the county. So I expect that type of game again uh, when those teams play. And also in sectional uh, 10, as we as we look down the road, you, know, you mentioned Attics, uh, Warren Central, uh, North Central Cathedral, and then Tech. Uh, I talked to Mosey Barnes last night, uh, coaching at Tech now, and he says they're not quite – you know where they want to be, so they're probably not a team that can win that sectional. But you look at those other six teams; <laughs> all six of those teams are very, very good. Uh, Logan, you've seen Warren a few times now, and they they were a team that started so hot, eight and zero, have lost five in a row against, and, and you knew the competition was going to get tougher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, not a huge surprise that they've lost some games here. But what's what's your assessment of kind of where uh, Garrett Weiniger and the Warriors are at right now? Uh, they're they're at they're at the point in the year where either you turn it around or you keep getting beat. I mean that that that's where they are. Uh, when you're coming up on February, either you're able to turn the page, you're able to correct the mistakes, or you're just gonna just keep getting beat on bad. Uh, yeah. it, are they gonna roll over and keep taking it, or are they gonna fight back? And uh, when you win eight in a row and then lose five in a row, uh, something's going on there. Um, and it really started with that overtime loss to Lawrence. So I think they lost a little bit of confidence. Uh, they had just some weird games against Hampton Southeastern uh, and Zionsville where uh, just couldn't hit a shot, it felt like. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it is now almost like you're watching a hot potato uh, with, with mm-hmm. Warren Central where if Malik Stanley's not shooting, then no one is. Uh, I, I saw against Lawrence Central just the other night when they were facing off. Uh, Warren had the lead for a while. Malik Stanley was as hot as you could be. I mean, he, he was like five of six from outside. I mean, just free fire and Jimmer range when he crossed half court. <laughs> but no one else wanted to shoot, and, no, and and they made it a point almost not to shoot and to just try to get the ball to Malik as many times as they could, which isn't bad. Mm-hmm. But you got to have some other guys step up and play, and that's something we saw in the first eight games where where guys were hitting some outside shots, they were working it inside for some layups. Their defense led to offense. When after facing better teams, you aren't getting as many points off of turnovers and, and, and things of that nature. So they, they need they need some offensive help. I think defensively they can get better if they can hit some shots and stay in the game. But uh, someone else is going to have to be able to knock down some threes uh, for Warren Central other than Malik Stanley. Yeah, Malik's having an excellent – I mean, he's shooting, I think, 46% yeah. from three. I mean, Lights he's out. 22 points a game or 23. Uh, just phenomenal. Should be a junior all-star for sure mm-hmm. uh, when you look at uh, what might happen this summer. But – you know, you're right. I mean, they they don't have much of an interior presence, so you know you need another guard probably uh, to to step up and score, whether that's a black or a ray or whatever the case may be. But they probably overachieved, maybe starting eight and zero, maybe a little bit unexpected. Uh, but now, curious to see. I'm going to see him play uh, Friday night against North Central. Logan, another team in the mix that uh, seems to be on the rise behind uh, Leland Walker. Absolutely, and this was a team that, yeah, I mean, we weren't sure exactly how good they would be this year. They brought back. 
uh, a, a big core that they had from last year around Lynn Walker and Derek Johnson, Charlie Peterson, those guys. Uh, but they were still young. They, they were still young. Their best players were still underclassmen, and you're never sure exactly what you're going to get when, when that happens. Uh, but they're starting to peak now. They're starting. Brian Hahn has those guys playing some better basketball. They're, they're actually playing some defense, which has really helped them down the stretch because uh, they're a team that doesn't want to necessarily outscore anybody. But I think they're playing with confidence as well. I, I think their win against Avon was a turning point for them where it felt like uh, they should be playing better and knew they should, should have been playing better than what they were. And uh, Leland Walker is—he—he's amazing. He's an amazing player. Uh, if he—if he's staying all, all four years at North Central, watch out because yeah. uh, he—he's a guy that uh, could easily be be ranked in the top hundred once that time comes. Yeah, and really, you look at North Central. Really, a lot of uh, losses to very good teams. So mm-hmm. you know their record seven and six, but they've lost to some legit teams along the way, and have now won five out of their last six games. Uh, going into that Warren Central game, or maybe two teams kind of were kind of in different directions right now. Uh, but that should be interesting. I'm curious. See, I haven't seen North Central yet uh, this season, so looking forward to getting a look at Brian Hans Panthers, and uh, and hopefully it'll be. I think it'll be a really good game on a Friday night. But, uh, Logan, I, the, the the thing that, as I go out to these games, you know, I'm, I'm struck by how many teams, you mentioned just now, North Central, and it kind of, you know, triggered in my mind, like, the other day I kind of wrote a little bit about it, like, all these teams seem to be, they're going to be better next year. Yeah. You know, almost all of these teams. Yeah. Uh, even, like, when we talk about North Central, or, I'm sorry, uh, Lawrence North and uh, Lawrence Central, you know, they will lose some vital pieces, some Mr. Basketball candidate type of players. But you look at Lawrence North, they'll have... You know, if everybody returns, Hughes, Avance, uh, C.J. Gunn, who's been really oh. good, Omar Cooper, um, you know, so many guys. And then uh, even Lawrence Central, they'll they'll be, you know, rebuilding a little bit. But, you know, Greg Jenkins and uh, and Tay Davis will be back. So yeah, so all these teams, you know, even you look at Pike and they'll lose Davion Bailey. But, you know, they've got a really solid sophomore okay. class coming up and, and uh, some good junior players. So almost, you know, you go down the list. I went down the list the other day. I was like, which teams are going to be worse next year? I mean, it's kind of cool because this year we didn't know. I didn't know before the season, other than LN and LC, which I had at the top of the area, uh, and it's proved to be the case. But after that, I had I had Carmel third, knowing they had all these young guys, mm-hmm. and, and they've started to mesh, and they're starting to play pretty well too. Uh, but, man, and they're, that's another team. They're going to be lights out better next year than they are now. Yeah. So you just go down the list, Logan. It's, it's amazing – this junior class, especially all over the state, is just phenomenal. Maybe one of the best classes we've seen uh, ever, you know, in the last you know twenty years. But uh, the sophomore class is good, and there are freshmen who are making uh, big strides, and, and uh, it makes a. I'm always excited about what's to come. And man, you look at next year; it's going to be fantastic. Well, when you looked back at last year, you see Carmel and Ben Davis in the championship game, and obviously both of them lost a lot, and mm-hmm. we knew we're probably going to take a step back. You see Center Grove as well, losing Trace Jackson mm-hmm. Davis, knew they were going to in a big senior class as well. They were going to take a step back, and that's kind of who was left. And you got to have seniors leading your team in high school basketball. And this year, uh, we we wrote about, or you guys wrote about it and, and saw about, uh, you know, there weren't any McDonald's All Americans for yeah. the first time in a long time for for Indiana. But the senior class was still strong, and we're seeing that with guys like Tony Perkins, Dre Davis, Nigel Pack, those guys uh, leading the way in Central Indiana. But uh, I, I, I'll go on record saying I, I think I think uh, there's going to be a couple in the future when you mm-hmm. when you look at what's what's coming up. Like you said, in the, the sophomore and junior class in, in Indianapolis, this this is just an anomaly year. This is a year where you know maybe the guys weren't quite as good as some of the rest of the town in, in the in the nation, but. 
it's, it's not going to be a trend. I can promise you that. Yeah, it reminds me of the 2009 class where uh, Jordan Holes was the uh, Mr. Basketball that year, but there was a whole bunch of guys. You know, you look at the national rankings that year, like Derek Elston and, and uh, uh, Stephen Van Treese, and there was a lot of guys kind of in that in that range of 100 to 150, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where this class this year has been. There's maybe not that you know super uh, McDonald's All American, you know Romeo Lankford or Trace Jackson Davis type. There's a lot of really good players, and when you mentioned Mr. Basketball, you know that you know Tony Perkins. DeAndre Davis, Nigel Pack, and then Anthony Leal and uh, Trey Galloway also are are kind of in that same, you know, who's going to pull away or who's going to win this thing because they're all kind of really close to each other. I think it's going to be a fun, kind of fantastic uh, uh, look at, you know, who wins Mr. Basketball. Just, just, I think it might come down to who does the best in the tournament, really, uh, this year because I'm not sure anybody has separated themselves necessarily. And I think Tony from my standpoint, has been maybe the best. He's kind of been the MVP so far. His team's playing really well. He's stepped up in every big moment so far yeah. and, uh, and and done really well. But, you know, you look at Nigel and DeAndre, and, you, and their stats are tremendous as well. And, and <laughs> both both those guys have missed a couple of games because of those you know little injuries they've had. Uh, but have been – Lawrence Central is not uh, underachieved. Their only two losses are to <laughs> L.N. So it's really fa- kind of fascinating. And Anthony Lewis team's 16-0. and 0. Right. So, you know, who's going to – Who's going to kind of pull away? And Bloomington South, I know I get some tweets from people like, you know, they haven't played anybody and their schedule hasn't been, you know, what it was. But believe me, they're going to be they're going to be a handful for any any team to beat. I don't care. J.R. Holmes is still there. Yeah, right? exa- absolutely. And 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 their schedule hasn't been uh, maybe what uh, you know some of these. But I've heard that argument before, and so I don't I don't buy it because I know they're going to be a handful no matter who they uh, play down the road. And then next Saturday, actually, or this this coming uh, Saturday. Uh, they play at Silver Creek, which I was just down there on uh, Friday night to see them play, uh, to see Trey Kaufman and, and uh, Cooper Jacoby and that team. They beat New mm-hmm. Albany in a really close game. That'll be a great test for them to go on the road down there. That's a great place to watch a game. Uh, it seats about three thousand uh, fans, and you know, stage on the end on the uh, or a yeah. band on the stage, and, and uh, you know, a lot of history things there. So that'll be a tough game for them. Uh, but but uh, you know, it's. Getting back to you know, kind of Mr. Basketball, Logan. I don't, I don't know that anybody. I think it's kind of you know maybe a week or so. Take a closer look at it, but I, I don't get the sense that anybody's really grabbed hold of it yet and uh, and taken it for sure. No, if you ask ten people who Mr. Basketball is, you're going to get you know at least five different answers, mm-hmm. uh, and no one has has just put in their mark on it. There's guys who've been able to throw their name in the hat, but like you said, no one has just separated themselves. Maybe right now Tony Perkins has a slight edge. Uh, for the fact that his team has beaten, you know, Lawrence Central with Dre Davis and Nigel Pack twice, and and he has been the MVP of the team and has hit the big shots. But yeah, guys like Trey Galloway and and, and uh, Anthony Leal who are commanding really good teams as well, and and we know can really play some ball. So uh, it's gonna. I, I do believe it's coming down to whoever can get out of sectionals, who can get to regionals, who can get to Banker's Life. If if it gets to that point, it's gonna be who can take their team the furthest. Yeah, and, and you're gonna have. Only one of Lawrence North, if one, gets out of that section, <laughs> yeah. Lawrence North, Lawrence Central. So, yeah. you know, that it could come down to something like that. Or uh, neither of them. Or neither. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's just like you, you may not even know, you know, you may not have either of those teams still yeah, playing. Yeah. So, 
it, it's really interesting this year. It kind of it definitely reminds me of that 2009 uh, season where uh, Jordan Holes and Bloomington South ended up winning state. They were uh, undefeated that year, and then it kind of became like pretty clear like he's the best player on that team. Although that team was really sort of balanced as well. With they had. Uh, that was when D. Davis was a sophomore, mm-hmm. and he was a really good player for him. So, uh, you know, interesting stuff. We'll, we'll kind of uh, keep tabs on what's happening with that. I'll have something probably here in the next week or so, uh, two weeks, about Mr. Basketball and maybe where things stand uh, as we get closer to the end of the season, uh, Logan. But, uh, you know, what? As you know, what's kind of been your takeaways as far as, you know, teams that might be able to you know be in the mix by the end of the year there's some good teams in the area like uh, brownsburg has had a good season uh pike has been maybe the the i would say maybe the next best team in the mix along with carmel uh yeah. it's kind of a and carmel did beat pike the other day by by two points mm-hmm. uh and then teams like fishers and westfield have had good seasons but if, if fallen off a little bit here lately um, you know, we mentioned Addicts and Cathedral. So, I don't are are any of those teams str- kind of strike your fancy <laughs> as uh, as you know sleepers to to maybe g- do some damage in the tournament? Oh, a sleeper team. It's hard to call Pike a sleeper team uh, <laughs> with the history there. But I, I've I've liked Pike since the very beginning of the season. It's a team that came in focused, ready to go. They went on their road trip to start the year, uh, where they can get away and go to a tournament out of state and have some fun and then get some team bonding going. But uh, that that was a team that is you know has talent. You, they kind of have an alpha dog and and Davion Bailey, a guy that can step up and take the last shot and command an offense. Uh, I, I I really like Pike as a team to to maybe kind of work its way into semi state at yeah. some point and kind of you're gonna go Pike, you know <laughs> who who played what what's going on with Pike? But I think Pike is a team that you have to keep your eye out for. Uh, with, with how they're coming out of sectionals and what their regional matchups could look like. And, and they're playing some really good basketball. I know they just lost to, to Carmel, and Carmel's playing really well. They've figured it out here down the stretch as well. But you really got to watch Pike. Yeah, Pike, and in that sectional, really, uh, Ben Davis could be a team that you know they've got enough talent to, to probably beat Pike on a given night. Uh, but they should be the favorite, I would say. Pike would be in that sectional. Uh, Southport's not bad. Decatur Central's having a good year. Uh, Perry Meridian's got Jaden Taylor, who's who's a good player. Ron Colley's always uh, they're they're always a tough out, you know, just a tough team. But I would say Pike would be the team to beat. And you kind of look at routes, like how do you get through the sectional? Pike's got a maybe a little bit easier route than some of the other Mick teams do. Uh, I'll throw a sleeper out there. I think a team that's playing really well right now and has some seniors on the team is a Hamilton Southeastern. Uh, they've kind of quietly, you know, even when they were kind of struggling, they're a team that normally starts fast and, and has faded here recent, in recent years, but they're kind of doing the opposite right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, started a little bit slow, but all those games they lost were close games. Uh, lost to Avon Pike and, and uh, Fisher's all all really close. Uh, lost to Lawrence Central, no shame in that. But if I've started to come on, put some wins together, <clears throat> you know, ha- have a good group of uh, of seniors. I think three of their top four scorers are seniors. Uh, so so it's always good yeah. in a year like this. If you have a you know where there's maybe not as many uh, you know senior led teams, I think mm-hmm. stuff like that can matter uh, when you get to the tournament. Oh, for sure, for sure that that can matter. And you said it, I mean, you have to. You go as your seniors go. You can have some good underclassmen, but uh, your seniors are what make turn, especially in high school basketball. And uh, another team, I think that they're not a sleeper at all. But uh, one that doesn't get as much love as maybe should is Brownsburg. Yeah. I mean, Brownsburg is a team that that had a, had a crazy game against Carmel. They only scored twenty seven points 
uh, low-scoring game, but... I think they were uh, 0 for 15 from 3. Yeah, then. yeah. It, it, you know, it's one of those games where you throw the film away. Right. I mean, just forget it, guys. You know, we didn't shoot well. Let's move on. But uh, a team that has only lost to Lawrence North outside of that, and they kept it close in that one. It was close all the way to the fourth quarter. So uh, keep your eye on Brownsburg. Uh, they, they shouldn't surprise anyone. Uh, when, it, when they win some games in the tournament. And they've got a guy, Connor Lucas, who the night before that had nine three-pointers. <laughs> so, you know, if you get, get a guy going like that, take some pressure off of a Pierce Thomas. And, uh, you know, and Malik Edmonds, is, is he's been out too. So once they get him back and going again, uh, they are a handful. And they proved, you know, at 13-2, and two, uh, they can they can pretty much hang with anybody uh, out there. And I think that Lawrence North game, they I covered that game, and they were right in there. Another night where they just didn't shoot very well. Lawrence North has something to do with that, obviously, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, they can definitely, I think, hang with with the best teams uh, in the in the area in the state, uh, probably. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting. I know we're uh, you know coming up on uh, you know February now, and, and this is kind of the part of the season where uh, we're kind of already kind of sort of looking ahead to uh, <laughs> what happens in the sectional, and, and you're kind of getting excited about that. But some interesting games uh, still to come. Uh, Logan and and kind of what are you looking forward to as we kind of come down the stretch here we're going to hopefully make these podcasts uh, weekly again uh, up until the end of the season but you know as we get into this week what are you kind of looking forward to and uh, you know what strikes your fancy right now yeah right right now it is it's it's so tough not to look to sectionals and when the girls draw comes out and it's kind of getting to that time for them you start kind of getting on the edge of your seat as well for the guys just waiting for it because uh, this is the final month, this is the home stretch where you gotta you have to start fine tuning, you know how you're playing. If you see a team struggling, uh, they they need to turn around quickly. So uh, this week, my eye is on Warren Central and North Central. Uh, I mean, North Central had ten days to prepare for Lawrence North after they were outed in the first round of county against Lawrence North, and they got Lawrence North again and ten days yeah. to prepare for that. And that's all that's on their mind. So uh, I want to see I want to see what they can do against Warren Central, a team in desperate need of a win right now to turn things around that that's a big game um as well there's a rematch of state with the carmel greyhounds and at ben davis mm-hmm. uh once again ben davis not trending in the right direction and carmel finally starting to trend upward as well a uh, team to, to keep your eye on on the northern side of the bracket as well so uh though those are two big time matchups that that i think uh will be a lot of fun to watch um, and, and like we said, down the stretch as well. Uh, what, what are some of those teams in the HCC doing? You know, with Hampton Southeastern, with mm-hmm. Fishers and Westford, are they going to be able to kind of right the ship and, and get things going again? They've lost a couple their last time out. So uh, you kind of start seeing who the real championship contenders are. Yeah, you mentioned the HCC. Franklin Central is another team, I think, yeah. that, you know, a team that's going to be better. Uh, as they move forward, a lot of uh, young young talent on that team too, and they they play uh, uh, actually play Fishers on Saturday, so that'll be a really interesting game, conference game. Uh, that HCC always a lot of fun, and, and uh, I think especially in basketball, you know, they're right there with with the Mick, and, and uh, you know, we'll leave football for another time to, uh, to talk about the HCC Mick and, and football, but I I think that's uh, you know. Really, a good conference this year, and, and a lot of teams like we talked about. Young te- Westfield's got you yeah. know three sophomores uh, they're led in scoring by, so a lot of really good uh, talent uh, in that conference. Really, all over the area in the state uh, in those junior and sophomore classes. So uh, we're going to cut it sh- cut it there today, and uh, it's been good being back uh, on the podcast, Logan. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely, thanks for having me. You bet we'll be back next week with our Preps podcast and get out and enjoy the uh, high school games this week.